Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners, and welcome to June. The last day of school is just around the corner, and today we're sharing Inspired Teaching's Guide to Summer via a link in our show notes. While the number one thing we hope you do is rest and recharge, we also know the idea that teachers only work 10 months out of the year is highly inaccurate. Indeed, but summer offers time away from the daily demands of the classroom. And over the years, we've seen teachers find really creative ways to both have an actual vacation and prepare for the fall. So it's not so overwhelming come August. What did summer look like for you when you were a teacher, Aletta? Oh, lots of different things. Summers like this one found me engaged in professional learning with teachers who spent weeks with us joyfully exploring new ways to bring engagement to their classrooms. But when I was a new teacher, I remember being struck by how the classroom was always with me even when I was walking on the beach somewhere. And that wasn't a bad thing. My curiosity had a direct link to my students. I remember one summer, I traveled to the beach and I found on the shore a dried out puffer fish. And I used to love to collect artifacts to bring back to my classroom like shells and other interesting things. But after realizing that I couldn't quite bring a dried out puffer fish back home in my suitcase, I started thinking after I took a bunch of pictures of it and I thought, what might I do with something like that in a science lesson or an art lesson or even a history lesson? And always my curiosity was piqued as I encountered new and interesting learning experiences away from the classroom during the summertime. Yeah, your comments are also reminding me that so many teachers do lots of things during the summer, like taking on additional jobs um, that find them teaching enrichment classes or caring for their own children or family members. And no matter what they're doing, they never stop learning, no matter where their energies are focused. I remember a participant in our institute years ago who always applied for international trips that were subsidized by various organizations so she could collect artifacts and experiences to bring back to her classroom. And she went all over the world and by extension, her students did too. Yes, and of course, not all of us can travel to distant lands over the summer, but the questions we carry with us, even in our homes, can keep our sense of possibility expanding. So what about keeping a journal where you write down one thing you're curious about each day? Or connecting with a different old teacher friend you haven't talked to in a while each week and learning about their experiences and what they're excited about for the fall. Rather than envisioning a long list of things you wanna change when school resumes, which can be overwhelming, try focusing on one or two things that might make the biggest impact and let that direct your inquiry over these weeks. This week's guide is perfect for leisurely learning in the weeks ahead. Browse the pages and pick one or two things to dive into. Explore a new activity you might want to try and let it percolate while you're sipping coffee in your PJs well past the first morning bell. And consider joining us for an hour or two in our online or in-person institutes in June, July, and August. Teachers say these sessions feel like self-care because we focus on the joy of learning and you deserve all the joy this summer. We look forward to learning with you. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Summer Resources, Hooray for Monday, June 5th, 2023.
This week, we're introducing you to an eclectic summer book list inspired by what our staff is reading right now. Do you have a title to share? Email us at institute at inspiredteaching.org and we'll add your title to the list. I recently finished a book called Run Towards the Danger by Sarah Polly, the actor and screenwriter and director. And it's an amazing compilation of five short stories, kind of short essays that are autobiographical, telling about her life. But the theme throughout the book is that the things that we shy away from, that we avoid, we get weaker at. And the things that we run towards, that we try, that we embrace, that we strive for, are the things that become stronger in us. And I have been working really hard to remind myself of that in my day-to-day life. And I really would recommend the book. I actually listened to Sarah Pauly read it on Audible, and um, she has a beautiful voice, and I highly recommend listening to her read her book. It's, it's not fun, and it's more of a concept. Most of my reading these days is on contract law terms. So I've been doing a lot more contract work, um, and I'm, I pulled out all my old uh, college notes, and I've been brushing up on all of my contract law stuff in my spare time. So that is where all of my, my reading goes. Not even a little bit exciting, but I actually enjoy it. So it's for some people, I guess. I'm going to recommend Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. It's a book about a lot of things, but when I was reading it, I thought a lot about being a teacher. You follow the main character basically from his birth until his late teens, early 20s, and throughout the book, education plays a role in all that happens in his life. Demon, the main character, grows up in rural Virginia, and I started my teaching career in rural North Carolina. And when we talk about education nationally, we tend to speak about it very much from an urban perspective. But there are huge swaths of our country where children are having an educational experience that we don't talk about that much. And this book opened my eyes to a lot of the challenges that are happening in the rural United States. It deals in the opioid crisis, but it's also fundamentally a story about a person with a tremendous amount of potential that teachers do help him define. So I highly recommend this one for teachers who might need a reminder this summer of how much they matter in the lives of their students. I guess it depends how you define summer reading, right? But I I just read this book called Babel and Arcane History. And it's this like alternate history of the world if silver was magic, basically. And like if uh, translators could kind of do this silver work to make things better and faster with the you know the combination of like translator skills and silver um, and so it's set in like I don't know I want to say 18 mid 1800s Oxford sometime after England has abolished slavery but before we have uh, in the U.S. Uh, it was really interesting like a, a little bit dense maybe for a summer read but I, I thought it was really good and I just started reading this book called The Golden Circle and it's described as Great British Bake Off meets Clue um, so it's been kind of fun I just started that yesterday what you guys know how it is. I have not read this book yet. So this is a summer recommendation reading for myself um, and probably more likely an audiobook consumption than um, actually having time to sit and read it. But there is a book from the author who I believe is also a musician named Lane Moore called You Will Find Your People. And I've heard her do a couple of interviews in promotion of the book. And essentially it's about how to make meaningful relationships as an adult. 
and I, I think I've mentioned to everyone, but if not, I'm moving to New York this summer. And so I know a handful of people in New York, but I am, you know, a little bit intimidated by the idea of moving to a massive city um, and feeling a little lost and not having some of the closer friendships that I have in Philly. So this book kind of seems like a little bit of a memoir from the author, but also maybe not as simple as a how-to, but kind of just really insightful about what it is to create meaningful relationships with other grown-ups. So I pretty much almost exclusively read fiction just because I read it for like market research and stuff like that. A book that I really enjoyed was called The Bandit Queens by Perini Shroff. Um, but basically um, it revolves around this woman named Gita in India and her husband, like just something happened to him. Nobody knows about five years ago and everybody in her village thinks that she killed him. And so she is like, kind of like they call her a self-made widow and so she has like these perks that other people don't have or other women in the village don't have and then one day this woman gets tired of her husband and comes to Gita and tries to get her help in they call it removing your nose ring so in uh getting rid of her husband and so it turns into a whole thing where like the women start coming to Gita to try and get her to help you know off their husbands and it's a whole thing um, but it's really it's really interesting I am not very familiar with like caste society in India. Like I know of it from a high level point of view, but this book gave like a closer look at it and it was just laugh out loud, funny at times and interesting. So um, I would highly recommend it. We're talking about books. So I grabbed one I'm reading. Black Broadway on U Street is a book that I'm, I'm reading and I have to review it for the publication that the DC History Center, their magazine which is quarterly. So I have a deadline that I got to meet. Um, so it's neat. A lot of it's um, stuff that I had a vague knowledge of, and now I'm getting a better knowledge. Feeling good about my choice to name my youngest son Ellington, that's for sure. I'm currently in the process of reading two books. So the first one is The Parable of the Sower by Octavio Butler. Um, never read it before, but it's based in like 2024. Um, it's just looking at a post-apocalyptic world and like this girl's journey as someone who's in a hyper, like a hyper impact. So she's feeling, she's absorbing pretty much everyone's pain, emotions. And I just started that one. And then on the other side is kind of on the self-help side which is the defining decade, which is really just exploring like what life looks like in your mid, 20, mid to late 20s to early 30s. That's just kind of like a self-help, how to model your decisions, finances, therapy, things like that. So it's pretty good. You just heard recommendations from me, Christine Sheridan, Jenna Fornell, Maria Salsiccioli, Michelle Welk, Jaquetta Abbey, Cosby Hunt, and Brady Maiden. We hope something in there piqued your curiosity. Titles and authors of these books are included in the show notes for this podcast episode, as well as in our new Summer Resources Guide. Links to the resources are in the written version and the notes for this episode. Professional learning. What will you keep from this year? What will you change in the fall? Join us the first full week of June for our institutes on the power of reflection, looking for wide-ranging evidence of learning. Though summer beckons and with it the space to breathe and think of something other than instruction, 
June is an excellent time to reflect on the year gone by so you can be better prepared for the fall. Your memory of the lessons learned is still fresh. This institute takes a unique approach to that reflection by asking the question, how did I know my students were learning and what other evidence might I have collected? Together, we will celebrate what you and your students accomplished over these many months. And as you evaluate your assessment approaches, we will introduce you to some additional strategies for the future. We have two online sessions to choose from. Today, Monday, June 5th, 3.45 to 5 p.m. Eastern, or Wednesday, June 7th, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Speak truth. If you work with DC high school students, let them know about our upcoming online Speak Truth sessions, June 8th and 15th. Students will discuss how AI is changing learning and what the school of the future should be. Student insights will be shared with teachers nationwide. In addition, participants will learn about how Speak Truth sessions can be held at their schools next year. Participation is free and students earn a certificate for two hours of community service for each session attended. And they can come to one or both sessions. Visit our show notes for links to register for all of these opportunities. Hooray for Monday is an award-winning publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.